from the desire being approved, from the desire being humiliated, actually from the fear of being humiliated, (laughs) from the fear of being despised, from the fear of suffering rebukes, from the fear of being calumniated, from the fear of being forgotten, from the fear of being ridiculed, from the fear of being wronged, from the fear of being suspected, that others may be loved more than I, Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it, that others may be esteemed more than I, Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it, that in the opinion of the world others may increase and I may decrease, Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it, that others may be chosen and I set aside, Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be praised and I unnoticed. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be preferred to me in everything. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may become holier than I, provided I become as holy as I should. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. In Mary, we ask for this great weapon of humility to be infused into our souls that we may let Christ live his life, death, and resurrection in and through each of us. And we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen just want to read to you a scripture before we begin. This is a reading from the gospel according to Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy, or where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will put on it. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to your span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field which today is alive and thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. The Gospel of the Lord. 
So what we're going to talk about now and reflect on is the capital sin of gluttony. And again, as we continue to reflect and pray, um, keep in mind that at the root of all the capital sins is fear, um, a fear of letting Christ live through us. It's no longer I who live, Paul says, but it's Christ who lives in me. Um, in Christ, I ask the question, you know, we don't just say it's fear, but learn to ask questions to God, uh, of God. Ask him, say, Lord, what do you mean when Father says fear is the root of sin? Like, why is that, Jesus? And then you get quiet and you begin listening and, and journaling and, and praying into that. And it might take a whole week, a whole month, a whole year that God wants to spend with you on that just simple phrase. That fear is the root of sin. So often we're quick, too quick to move. We're too gluttonous, spiritually speaking. We run to something, get a little bit, then we run to something else, get a little bit, then we run to something else, get a little bit. But it's always about highs. We seek spiritual highs. It's like a drug. Jesus isn't a drug. He's not a pot machine. Um, he's a person, and he has a heart. And he doesn't just want to give gifts. Imagine if your children only wanted to spend time with you if you gave them a gift. That would hurt. And so we got to think about we don't want to hurt the heart of Jesus. We want to love the heart of Jesus. So we love the giver, not the gifts. Um, in our spiritual life, it's easy to become attached to the gifts that are given, which in the beginning of the spiritual life, which um, we're all on that journey. I don't even know where I'm at all the time on that journey. But the bottom line is, is in the spiritual life, in the beginning, we often will seek the consolations of God, not the God of consolations. Right? We seek the consolations of God, not the God of consolations. Um, so fear. We're afraid to just be. We always have to be grabbing and grasping and taking this, taking that. And the Lord's saying, do not be afraid. He says that again and again and again in the scriptures. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid to be silent in solitude, to press into silence. I want you to lean into silence. You know, we're in Lent now, second week of Lent starting. Um, lean into Lent. Lean into it. Don't lean away from it. Lean toward it. Fall into it. Surrender to the church's retreat that you're on. The church, the Lord has decided that his church must be on retreat during Advent and Lent to get out of the ordinary, to enter into the extraordinary love relationship with Him, to be drawn and allured into the desert of Lent so that God can speak to your hearts, not just to the head, but to the heart. Okay, so the root of all of these sins is fear. So why, Lord, let's get back to our question, why, Lord, are we afraid to let you live in us? What do you think? Think about it. You might just ask the Lord, why am I afraid to let you live through me? Well, I would say um, because Jesus wants to give himself through you. You know, take this, all of you, and eat of it. This is my body, given for you, given up for you. Take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is the cup of my blood, the blood of the covenant, given God's giving himself to us. And so when you take the time to be silent, and I take the time to be silent with the Lord, he gives himself to us. 
But guess what he wants to do then? Go, glorify the Lord by your life. Go and let the Lord love others through you. Now, what's that mean? That means he wants your mind, he wants your body, he wants your soul. That means he wants your time, he wants your talent, he wants your treasures. And we like to talk about being Christian, we like to think about being Christian, but when it comes down to it, we don't like being Christian. We resist the true Christian. What is it? I think C.S. Lewis said somewhere, or I can't remember if it was him or not, but he, he or whatever spiritual writer said, you know, Christianity's never been tried. And his point was, you know, well, when will someone try it? You know, we're doing Matthew Kelly's book, uh, Rediscovering Catholicism here. And the whole point of the book is, you know, the world needs to see not more teachings, videos, MP3s, iTunes, and books about the faith. Pe the people need to see leaders in the faith, people that actually apply the scriptures to their life, live the gospel, people that actually think like Christ thinks and are willing to pay the cost that comes with embracing the mindset of the gospel, willing to pay the cost that's involved in all of this, okay? So the Lord is inviting you and I to let him live through us. And why do we fear giving God our time, talent, treasure? You know, uh, Jessica talked about that um, through, through greed. And why do we fear um, giving God our mind, our body, our souls, our memories, our imaginations, our passions, our desires? Why do we fear giving him all these things? Because again, he wants to give himself through us. And it's going to cost us our life. Unless you lose your life, you can't find it, it says in the scripture. And that's why I read that gospel, because where your heart is, there your treasure is. Where your treasure is, there your heart is, right? Don't build up and store up treasures that are going to be destroyed by this moth and decay and just rot away in this world. Store up your treasures in heaven. Don't be anxious about your life. But see, the gluttonous, the sinful is we never are content with what we have. It's at the heart of it. We're never content with what we have. We always want more. We're always filling our stomachs with more. How many people had more than two pieces? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, we're, but our entire lives, we, we feel with this excess. We still want more. We always want more. We want the latest phone. We want the latest this. We want the latest that. We want to update this, update that. You get updates on your computer all the time. It's like we always have to be up to date, up to date. Well, guess what? I mean, some of the happiest people are the farthest from being up to date. I mean, that's just the truth. And so we got to ask ourselves, have we bought into the world's version um, and, and this this is the this is the real deceptive part to this all is th the world's version of christianity even using the name christian or catholic but it's not catholic and it's not christian the angel of light satan lucifer presenting catholic nominally as this redefining the catholic faith with the words catholic just like marriage today right the whole struggle with uh, same-sex marriage. It's the whole point. Trying to give, under the title of marriage, something that by nature it can't be. So redefining something. Like if I started slowly 
educating children that a car's a bulldozer. And I slowly, as they got first grade, second grade, third grade, I kept teaching them about how the bulldozer works. And then when they got to be 16, I put them in the car. And they drive it like a bulldozer. And it falls apart. And they're like, what's wrong? 50% divorce rate. What's wrong? I don't understand. Why all these problems? What's going on? Why is, our, why am, why is there 10 times more people depressed today than 10 years ago? Why is there suicide between teens and young adults is, has gone epidemic. Why? And yet we keep pushing the same model and keep buying into the same way. Again, it's this, I'm not content. Well, we haven't tried Christianity, so we're gluttonous in the sense that we're trying all these things. We're grasping at all these things, trying to feed ourselves, stuff ourselves, not just with food, but with spiritual things, the New Age movement, the occult. All that stuff is a, some form of a, a, a deep void that's trying to be fed in me. Come apart and rest a while, the Lord says. You know, Psalm 23, beautiful psalm for you to take into your prayer. You know, come to the green pastures and feed in the green pastures. Well, we're feeding in poisoned pastures today. We need to be fed by the green pastures, the pastures that the Lord has set aside for us, namely silence, solitude, and prayer. Okay, so do not worry about what you are to eat or what you're to drink. You know, gluttony bloats the soul and distracts the soul from, or if you will, makes the soul, it, it kind of, Father's going to talk about sloth, but it can really tap into spiritual laziness because I'm so bloated and my body is, if you will, my soul is just like, it's dull. Gluttony dulls the spiritual senses, okay? And so we actually need, uh, what, we've, what we actually need has um, been replaced by what we think we need um, or what we think we want. We don't know what we want. We don't know what we need. And again, going back to pride, you know, I spoke about pride. Counsel, seek the counsel of the Lord. Lord, I've been trying this for a while, and you know what? It doesn't work. So either I'm doing it wrong, or I'm doing, I, I'm, I'm just need to do something else. So we got to be honest. Okay, I'm not getting any fruit out of my confessions. Well, we know confessions not the problem. <laughs> we know the problem is my disposition and my approaching that sacrament. Maybe I need to rethink that and, and learn a little bit about how I should properly dispose my soul to the Eucharist, to the to the uh, confessional, um, to prayer. How how do we prepare for prayer? Most of the time, I don't even do that. I just run into prayer and boom, sit down, rattle all my prayers, you know, and and I'm off. Um, that's 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 not good. Right? That's, that's not properly preparing. If you really care about something, you're going to prepare well for it and do it well. Um, so again, gluttony kind of dulls all this. It kind of makes you very apathetic and kind of just um, sluggish, if you will, in your spiritual life. Your spiritual senses are very dull. Um, so we got to ask the Lord, what do I need? What do, I, what do you think, Lord? Not what I think. What do you think? Um, and Jesus says in Mark 9, 29, This kind does not leave but by prayer and fasting. This kind. He's speaking about a stronghold of sin. People that need deliverance. Deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And, and, and Father Cliff Stevens was, I was told by someone 
uh, he was giving a homily at Boyce Town, and he was speaking about every temptation is an attack on our identity. Gluttony is a sin that compromises our identity as sons and daughters of God. It keeps us from becoming the best version of ourselves, from becoming a saint, as every capital sin does. Okay? So this kind can only be cast out or leave by prayer and fasting. This kind, the seven deadly sins. Why do we call them deadly sins? Because Jesus says, I've come to give life, life to the full. Well, how am I going to experience the fullness of life if I'm living in a way I'm not created to live? Every capital sin is contrary to who I'm created to be. Um, it's like driving the car like a bulldozer. Why am I depressed? Well, maybe... I'm thinking in ways I was never created to think, yet I've adapted that or adopted that as normal. The new normal. See how deceptive? The, the, the angel of light, you know, the tactic of Satan, the bringer of a new light, the morning star. Hey, I have a new idea. I have the answer. I have the solution. Watch every single... I'd like you to study some commercials on television. And see how every single one's appealing to the same human desire for happiness. Every single one. And we still buy into it. You know, this bottle of pills will make you lose weight in 10 days. It's like, really? Plus get cancer probably, right? <laughs> for free. For free, yeah. And then if you call now, you get three bottles. <laughs> so, again, what are we trying to feed here? We're trying to find happiness. We're trying to uh, feed a void in us. Um, we, we see a kind of insatiable hunger in us, wanting to fill this void that only God can fill. And guess what? It's real simple, guys. It's real simple. Sit quietly with Him every day for 45 minutes to an hour. I guarantee you, in a month, your life changes. Guaranteed. Just do it. 45 minutes a day. We can find that time. We can make that time. We stay up and watch a television show. 45 minutes goes by like that. There's no excuses. 45 minutes a day. And if we can't find that, then we need to reprioritize our lives because something's really out of whack. So we need to sit with the Lord 45 minutes to an hour a day. Quiet. And I'm not saying bring a zillion books with you. Even bringing a ton of things to, to do. Right? Even putting down your rosary for that period and just be quiet with Him. You know, you can pray your devotional prayers, but you have to have a time for silence. Um, there's nothing that replaces silence. So we cram our bellies, we cram our minds, we cram our spirits with all of this food, if you will, very sparsely nutritious foods, foods that aren't at all satisfying. So we pile our closets with clothing and shoes we never wear and we buy all these things we use maybe once um, all um, all of these things again Jesus says in John six twenty seven. do not labor for food that perishes but for food that endures to eternal life do not labor for food that perishes you might just take that into prayer how much am I working to labor for food that perishes? And how much am I working for food that endures to eternal life? Because again, I can come to Mass every day of my life, but if I'm not disposing my heart to the food God wants me, 
it's not going to help me. St. Faustina in her diary says, um, Jesus said, Some souls come to communion and all the graces of communion flow off that soul like water flows off a rock. Because they're not receptive to the grace of Holy Communion. And again, then we expect, how can you live out marriage if you're not receiving God's grace? How can you live out your fullest potential without grace? You can't. You're going to be always stumbling, always falling, always handicapped. You know, I'm not saying people that are pagans can't be married and live a marriage. They are and they do. But I don't believe they can reach their fullest potential by any means. And whether they realize it or not, they are cooperating with God because if you cooperate with nature, you're cooperating with God because He made it. So don't store up all these things, okay? Um, you get it? Get it. <laughs> the cure for the sin of gluttony is the virtue of temperance. Um, pray for temperance. Every day, temperance. Um, virtue. This is a virtue that controls and moderates our passions and desires. Temperance is a virtue that, again, controls, moderates these passions and desires to want to eat what I don't need to eat. Let's say you're in prayer and you're getting a little uncomfortable and distracted. You pick up a good spiritual book, even the Bible at times. You're running. Satan used God's word against Jesus. You know? Read the Temptations of Christ. They'll be probably coming up here. Is it this weekend or next weekend or... Right, they're coming up for Lent, I'm sure. The temptations of Jesus in the desert. Satan spoke... What's that? What's that? Oh, it was the last Sunday. See, I wasn't paying attention. That's because we're doing this book. Excuse, huh? So, think about it. Think about this. We need this virtue of temperance for self-control. Okay? Um... We eat to live, not live to eat. Okay? You know, when you're sitting in prayer and you're distracted and you want to pick up that book, even the Bible, I would encourage you, wait. If it's compulsively picking up a spiritual book, I don't think that's the Lord. I think it's you running from the silence. God's bringing you deeper and you're running from it. Oh, I'm running from it. We run from it. And it, we all do this. The greatest fast is silence. You know, if you can just sit quietly 45 minutes a day, you're fasting. And if you fast, you'll feast. Every fast has a feast. If it doesn't have a feast, something's wrong with it. You fast from impatience, you feast on patience, right? So, John Cashin, a Saint John Cashin says, Food is to be taken insofar as it supports our life, but not to the extent of enslaving us to the impulses of our desires. A good example is uh, drinking. I enjoy, to, I enjoy a good beer just as much as maybe someone else does. But there's an obvious difference between enjoying a beer and getting drunk. Um, a good example uh, might be, you know, um, you know uh, uh, not using uh, salt or pepper on your food. Simple fast. So you're, you're working on temperance, self-control, moderation. Because how you eat is how you will shop. How you eat is how you will drive. How you eat is how you will live out your sexual desires. 
If you can't say no to potato chips, how the heck are you going to say no to uh, your sexual desires? You know, again, we, we've built a culture that's totally addicted. We've built an addicted culture. We've encouraged a, a life of indulgence. Um, and, and again, we're all a part of this. We swim in it daily, so we got to be combating it. we got to be on guard. Put on the armor of God. Get ready every day when you get out of bed. Um, as uh, St. Uh, Philip Neri says, watch out, Lord, I'm going to get out of bed in a minute. You know, get ready. Here I go. Keep me in line. So just as a horseman, this is Father Gabriel of St. Mary Magdalene, um, just the author of a book. He says, just as a horseman before setting out on a race bridles his spirited horse, so we to take this road must impose on our flesh strong bridle of mortification so as to bring under control our bodily appetites and movements. So fasting does not only mean giving up certain foods, red meat on Fridays, um, etc., but it's also giving up other things that we love for the love of Christ in order to maintain that gaze solely in Him. I give up things because I want to maintain my gaze on Christ, not on the bag of chips or Doritos or brownies or steak or whatever your favorite food is or your favorite clothing, whatever it be. You go to buy something at the store and you want this, buy one step lower. Because we often buy more than what we need. Buy one step lower than what you want. You want that pair of shoes? Buy the shoes you don't like. <laughs> That'll make you feel, I'm not saying buy junky shoes, but, but like challenge yourself in this area. If we don't practice it, it's never going to happen, okay? So we've got to practice this. And again, why do we give up good things? I mean, everyone's supposed to give up sin. This, fasting from sin is not fasting, right? We fast from good things. Why? Because we misuse good things. So it's God, then we have, you know, spouse and children, then maybe, you know, whatever, food and all that stuff. So we put, we, we get things out of priority. It's like food, then kids and my spouse and then my work. You know what I mean? We get things out of priority. So if I can't say no to something, I'm not really free to use it properly. If I can't say no to potato chips, I definitely can't use chips properly. If I can't say no to beer, I can't use beer properly. I can't say no to sex, I can't use sex properly. I can't say no to work, I can't work properly. So we got to fast from things and, and learn to realize that the only thing we need is Jesus. This is why the Lord often will give these miraculous experiences of saints that live off the Eucharist for 30 years. Just the Eucharist. They don't have anything else to eat or drink. They live off the Eucharist. Like, nobody can do that. But the Lord's saying, with me you can do all things. So in our human minds, we're like, oh, I can never give up this. Or I can never give up. That's unbelief. You're buying into the spirit of unbelief. Don't, I, I can never fast. Oh, I'll get a headache. I'll get... Tell the Lord, Lord, if you want me to fast, you're going to have to provide for me today. Feed me today. My food is to do the will of God. That's what he told the apostles. Because they were all hungry. They got all this food. And Jesus come back and they're like, Jesus is, you know, uh, just, just was um, performing a healing or working with someone, bringing them closer to him. And they're like, hey, we got this stuff. And he's like, my food is to do the will of God. They didn't know what to think about that. So the gift of the Holy Spirit I'd like you to ask for is fortitude. To be temperate, you need fortitude, strength of the will. 
Jesus said on the cross, I thirst. That's your power verse, if you will, as you pray to come against gluttony. I thirst. Jesus wasn't thirsting for water. He was thirsting for love. We often try to feed ourselves with material food when we're really what we're hungering for is spiritual food. We get confused between what our bodies want and what our souls want because we're body-soul composite. We're a unity of the body and soul, right? So we feel hunger spiritually and we can misinterpret that as a physical hunger. And how often, how many times, I mean, I'm sure all of you have had this experience, when you really are enthralled and involved in something, whether it be a relationship, a job, um, or you're doing something and you're really invested, you forget about time. And you can go a whole day without eating. And it just goes like that. And it's like, I'm not even that hungry. I didn't eat all day. That's because what you're doing is you're loving what you do. So if you love, you're going to experience that. You're going to be fed in other ways. In Song of Songs, chapter 5, verse 1, Come, my friends, drink deeply of love. Drink deeply of love, it says. Psalm 34, taste and see how good the Lord is. Do you give God time to feed you? Children, there's a scripture where Jesus says, after the resurrection, children, have you caught anything yet? They're out fishing, right, after the resurrection. And this, you know, one, he calls them children, which as an adult man hearing some adult man call you a child would be like, what's going on? So it probably rang a bell. Like Christ was calling them back to their identity. And what's children do? They ask for help. They seek the counsel uh, of, the, of the one who can help them. And he says, throw your nets on the other side of the boat. So like, Lord, I'm not catching anything here. So okay, what do you do? You go to him. Lord, I'm not catching anything. I'm feeling hungry and I don't know what to do. Seek the Lord's heart. What do I do, Lord? He might say, well... Try this. Try that. Here's a scripture for you that's going to hit your heart. Here, here's something that you could think about. Um, again, relationship. Learning to listen, being fed in the green pastures. Coming against, combating against this uh, deadly sin of gluttony. So, that's a little bit on gluttony that you can think about and pray about. Um, and, and fight against so that you can be free from attachments um, to things that you really don't need to be attached to. Um, you know, just a, just a, this is just a brief like footnote to this, but something my brother and I have been working on is this redemptive vision um, of health care. Um, and, and basically, he's a chiropractor, but what we've been talking about is you can redemptively exercise, you can redemptively eat, you can redemptively read, you can redemptively do leisure, you can redemptively uh, um, walk, stretch you're the body of Christ everything you do has value and merit in Christ when you're stretching do it for Jesus when you're eating do it for Jesus when you're walking do it for Jesus when you're reading read for Jesus you know everything's redemptive when you're not eating something that you shouldn't be eating do it for Jesus it's always for Jesus I love you Jesus I do this all for you Jesus so let's just ask the Lord as we take a few minutes here to, to really ponder and soak in this beautiful gift of Jesus' heart exposed before us here. Lord, we thank you for the little time to reflect on gluttony. 
We ask you to increase our fortitude and temperance that we might live as humans, not as animals, that we might live virtuous lives, not indulgent or repressive lives. Come, Holy Spirit, search us, know us, reveal us to ourselves. Lord, let the vitamins of your love just saturate and soak our bodies, feed us in our minds and souls. And Mary, I invite you to walk among us in this room and to open our hearts with your maternal hands. To the food which Jesus offers us.